Air Force head coach Frank Serratori, he's a true gem among hockey coaches <laughs> and among sports personalities. And uh, he had some thoughts over these past few days about the overtime rules in college hockey, specifically in his in his conference, in which games actually end in a tie. Here he is sharing his thoughts on that. Army, Air Force, service academy rivals, big points on the line, and we don't disappoint. We fight and we battle for 130 minutes to back-to-back ties. I was so juiced, I couldn't wait to get home to celebrate with Carol. I went home, I had a near beer, she had some sugar-free ice cream. The next morning we woke up, we had a pot of decaf coffee. There's not a better way to start your morning, give you a little jump start than decaf coffee. Those games were unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, Two to two, both of them, going to overtime, we got people on the edge of their seats, on the edge of their seats. Two to two, both nights, and thank God we stopped that insanity before somebody had a heart attack. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Thank God. Um, and then, you know, okay, fans, two two, it's all over. It's time to leave. You got them on the edge of the seats. Some of them you got standing up. And on your way out, make sure you stop by the ticket office and renew your season tickets. And, uh, oh, buy playoff tickets, too, so the league office can keep the lights on. We got to do something. We got to do something. Uh, our motto here, fly, fight, win, right? It ain't fly, fight, lose, and it sure as heck ain't fly, fight, tie. So it doesn't sound like he's thrilled about it. I love his approach there. It's it's extremely sarcastic. Uh, Very I do, sarcastic. I do take a little bit of offense to the, the decaf coffee comment because I I actually am a decaf man myself, believe oh. it or not. Oh. So I don't know if he's meaning that as like a jab towards decaf drinkers or what, but decaf drinkers of the world unite against Frank Serratori in my opinion. <laughs> It almost sounded like he would have preferred to have lost both those games instead of two two ties. Well, I mean, at least there's some sort of like a satisfaction out of that, right? If you, there's a, there's you go home as a loser, yeah. yeah. But no it, closure. No <laughs> closure in these games, which big problem. Were you just confused by the fact that there is a female voice on our podcast? I was. Yeah, uh, we'll explain that in a few minutes. Um, <laughs> John, would you have reacted that way to your your game ending in a tie? Uh, usually, we're behind, so if we tie it up, we're pretty stoked. Yeah. So um, at least you got a point out. But the crazy thing is it's it, it's only five minutes of overtime, right? Mm-hmm. And not like 10 or 15 or even 20. But So I think uh, he's got a point there. Yeah. Which, which is super interesting because that seems to be the argument against the shootout. I've never... I've never been excited for the concept of a shootout. I'm not a big shootout fan myself, and yet a tie just seems so much less satisfactory. We've been arguing, why couldn't you put just five more minutes of overtime (laughs) in the NHL? And this just, they just ended it. No no extra time. You got to get going. They're they're students. They got to get studying. They (laughs) got to get the the morning. They got to curfew. They're they're not students. (laughs) And Air Force, like they have like their training to do. They have all kinds of stuff, right? But the the one thing that I think is kind of odd about college hockey that uh, it's kind of been going on now for a few years that they don't have specific rules across all of college hockey. So like this is an NCAA division one school but they end in ties there are other conferences that do have shootouts other conferences that have like a 10 minute overtime so they all have different rules which i think is kind of bizarre which we all knew and didn't have to google before this podcast. of course yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. well yeah. as as a strong college hockey podcast as we <laughs> yeah, yeah. as we claim to be I, I actually don't mind the ties i didn't mind them but of course they, they you don't. of course you don't Andy. <laughs> but here's what i find funny so the nhl got rid of the ties because americans don't like ties but the NFL had like three ties this year in it, and a couple mm. last year. The NFL seems to have gone back and embracing the ties. Maybe just because it's have a it rare opportunity. Like Maybe. it doesn't happen but quite they a lot. They shortened the overtime in the NFL, and yeah. now there's more ties than there were before. Well, that is a little bit of a safety issue, actually. So <laughs> Hockey's rough. 
Well, they're short. Over Except time. for the playoffs yeah, where yeah, everybody is short. invincible. Well, you, know, you could have like a, some kind of a, a shootout equivalent in, I, fo- in football, like have the kickers kick off, <laughs> oh. see how far they can kick. Man, yeah. that would be riveting, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sound of Hockey episode 20. Not quite able to drink in the U.S. yet, but we're almost there. Getting we're closer. We're 20 years old at this point. You can probably mm-hmm. probably get into some bars and, you know. <laughs> we, we look more like we're 21. Exactly, yep. We're <laughs> grizzled veterans at this point. Uh, this is, like I said, Sound of Hockey. I'm Darren Brown. I am your host, a.k.a. at Darren Fun Brown. Joined, as always, by Andy Ide and John Barr. Hello, Howdy. gentlemen. How's it going? Hello. And you may have heard a female voice, as we mentioned at the beginning, that's different from for us because usually we're three guys in a basement talking hockey. <laughs> Tonight, we're three guys and a girl in a basement <laughs> talking hockey. Uh, we are joined by Emily Joe, who uh, is a contributor for NHL to Seattle. Welcome, Emily Joe. Hello, everyone. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, I'm at Emily Joe Michelle on Twitter, so it's pretty easy. It's just my name. Okay, excellent. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. You are here for a specific reason, and we'll get into that in just a moment. Before we do talk about that, we wanted to share with you our latest reviews. We had actually four of them come in this week, which right is, on. that might be a record for us. I that was it is. pretty awesome. Uh, Kuma15 writes, smart and sharp, five stars. <laughs> These guys, yeah, right? <laughs> These guys know their hockey. Really good discussion between real dudes that play the game, in-depth talk (laughs) with a dose of humor and a Seattle area twist. Thank you, Kuma15. Next one is Jeff Harris 2012 says, Hockey noob, great job every week. As a fairly new hockey fan, go Ducks until the crap weasels are here. I enjoy getting... Did he spell it correctly? uh, No. So, sort of, because it's all one word, but then he capitalized the W, which we specified a couple episodes (laughs) ago that it's going to be one word all over the place. But he obviously... Some of it was retained because he put it as one word. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I enjoy getting more and more familiar with what's going on around the league, including players. I really enjoy the get off my lawn segments. Don't we all? As well as the weekly one timers, mostly for the sound effects. I appreciate all of your guys' just general enjoyment for the sport of hockey at all levels. Uh, it's so clear how passionate you all are and how much you enjoy what you do. Keep up the great work. That's we very kind. kind. Thank we you, Jeff. We kind of started Harris. this episode with a get off your lawn, but it wasn't us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody else really wanted to get off his lawn. Coach Saratori wants overtime off his lawn right. right now. He definitely does not want any ties on his lawn. Uh, <laughs> next one is from A. Sutliff. Is this how cool NHL in Seattle will be? I enjoy any Seattle-focused hockey podcast, but this one is so much fun to listen to every time. True joy for the game. So excited for the crap weasels to start playing. He did spell crap weasels nice. correctly. Right. He or, yeah. he or she, I should say. Yep. Yeah. And the last one says, just what I needed from Sam O.W. Moved to Issaquah from Minnesota. I know the feeling. Last winter, <laughs> and I miss watching the wild, playing pond hockey in the overall hockey culture in Minnesota. This podcast hasn't frozen any ponds for me yet, but it's giving me hope that Seattle will have a great hockey culture in the near future. It's also funny, interactive, easy to listen to, and informative. Keep up the great work and go wild until 2021. Then it's go see weasels. Sincerely, see, Sam Wigness. Nickname for it. Yep. <laughs> Sincerely, Sam Wigness, aka Nino Neater Neater Nino. Not going to work here anymore. <laughs> Nailed it. I want to know how we. How do we freeze a pawn for him? Well, I I don't know. I think we got to talk to. Well, I feel like Gary Bettman has a way to make it colder or something, doesn't he? <laughs> 
<laughs> he was here last week. He put a hockey team in the desert, so he's got some ideas. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about this crazy thing that you guys are planning here, John and Emily Joe. Uh, let's ask you this first. For, how did you become a hockey fan? And more importantly, why are you a stupid Leafs fan? <laughs> We're starting with the easy questions, the softballs, Lucy. Yeah. Uh, so I actually grew up in the Seattle area, grew up in Kirkland. Uh, I am a later in life hockey fan, like one of your dear reviewers. Uh, I, <laughs> a couple of friends took me to a local bar, actually, that probably a lot of you have heard about, the Angry Beaver, and actually explained the game to me. I went to a couple of Silver Tips games as a kid, but didn't even know what a line change was. And once somebody was like, so they iced the puck. I was like, oh, I get this. I get this. This is super fun. Now, these people were a Penguins fan, a Blackhawks fan, and a Leafs fan, which didn't leave you with many good adoption options. <laughs> Couldn't pick the Penguins or the Blackhawks because they'd already run recently, which left me with the Leafs. And that's where we are, the probably most hated team in the league. But you know, if you're looking for coverage and you need something <laughs> to dig into, you're not going to run out of options, really. Do you think the Leafs are the no. most hated? Open, the it's open for, debate. Well, it's who, open for debate. It's open for debate. I think be. their media coverage is the most hated, but not that's the true. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. true. Okay. Yeah. Team right. irritatingly likable, I think, yeah. probably for everybody. I was okay. rooting for them that series they played against Boston where Boston came back. Yeah, and Boston's won. Right. I, I really wanted to okay. see Toronto win to that. Open that wound up, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Not just Emily, but everybody, every Leafs fan on the on the listening. Yeah, both of our Leafs fan listeners are <laughs> very upset about that. Yeah. So you got into the Leafs later in life, so you didn't have Jonathan Tavares bed sheets. No. Okay. No, I like no, bringing no. up the bed sheets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, specifically <laughs> in boy. Toronto Maple Leafs bed sheets. Not yeah. similar, yeah. not like pictures of Jonathan Tavares, but like you know, <laughs> you know true. that old. Yeah, I try not to picture Jonathan. And Tavares. it's weird. We made it weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that didn't take long. Hey, uh, so Emily Joe, you're big into hockey analytics, as John is. I think. Would you say to a lesser degree, John? Who do you think is a bigger analyst? Emily, okay. way more. Okay, <laughs> like one billion times more. Okay, why do you like numbers so much? Well, specifically okay. as they pertain to hockey. Yes, uh, I was actually terrible at math in school, so let's just start with that. Didn't like math, hated math with all my heart. <laughs> uh, but when I was getting into hockey, the, again, like it was so such a quick new game, and I tend to consume things at a very rapid rate once I'm interested in them. And I couldn't get enough from just watching the game, so I started to dig in online, and that's when I found the analytics community. And it was a way of extremely rapidly absorbing information about the game and being able to kind of match up what my eyes saw with what the numbers said and sort of create a cycle to like validate and learn how to watch the game. It's probably not the most common. She's on way a different level. Yeah. Let's, just, let's be clear here. So, so anyway, and I, you know, I met a bunch of people. Uh, went to a fun little conference up north, and you know, yeah. it took off from there. Yeah. So you actually excellent segue. It's like you planned this or something. Uh, you're here to talk about a little conference that's coming up that you and John are planning. Do you want to go ahead and share what you guys have coming down the pipeline here in Seattle? So. The Seattle Hockey Analytics Conference is coming up in March, and we would call it the first inaugural, but it's actually not. Um, it's had three years uh, history up in Vancouver, and this year it's coming south, and John and I took over planning it for the year. It's going to be hosted on March 10th. 8th, 9th, and 10th. 8th, yeah. 9th, and 10th at the University of Washington, and it's it's just a, it's a really cool event. So the past couple of years, uh, it's grown each year from about 50 attendees, 100 attendees, and we're hoping for anything from 150 to about like 230 people this year we have the capacity for, so we're really hoping to be able to fill up those seats. It's a 
really amazing opportunity. You hear the word like conference or people hear academics conference and they think like Sloan, those really big events. This is a lot more grassroots and the spectrum is a lot wider. It's not going to be a place where you go and you are slinging business cards and that. It's really an opportunity for anybody from the absolute beginner to the most well-known people in the analytics community to come and share their new research and get opinions on it and just stand up and be able to be like, this is what I'm doing. This is the cool things I'm figuring out. It's attended by everyone from journalists, hobbyists, to actual people who uh, work for NHL teams these days. Now you won't hear most of them speak because they have been bought and they are not allowed to speak anymore. (laughs) But uh, it's it's amazing to kind of see the history there and be able to meet these people and talk to them. And it's it's just a great community event. Emily and I I met up at uh, VanHack uh, last year, and there must have been, I think, 10 to 15 people from Seattle. And so, you know, the organizers up there at Hockey Graphs, hockey-graphs.com, said, hey, why don't you plan it in Seattle? And and we chatted about it, starting to make it happen. It was really cool because I'm not, I'm really not that in depth into the hardcore game analytics. I'm more like high level, more data, but not really like the the detailed in-game analytics. But I still attended that conference and there was a lot of in-game stuff. There's stuff on, I mean, you could see stuff on salaries and the different leagues on how they compare to each other. Yeah, More from a data science perspective, yeah. but, you know, you can kind of understand it. Sometimes they go yeah. into depth of models and stuff like and, that. And we always, we always like to at least have a couple <clears throat> of talks that are on, you know, data use. Because that's, I think, the, the big bridge that we're trying to cross with events like this, getting more people involved is the value of using data to tell a story. So we always like to have, you know, information on social media. We had a talk on last year. I'm hoping to get a talk in this year about, you know, telling stories with data. So, you know, using it for, from a journalist's point of view, how to use this more advanced data in your stories, even if you're not generating it yourself, because that's a big bridge that mm-hmm. I think people are working on. So it's nice to be able to offer that. We offer on the second day lightning talk opportunities, which are these this really cool thing. And the first time they did it was last year. I actually did one myself. It's my first time ever doing something like that. And it's just a very low impact five minute talk, super informal, throw up a couple of slides and go, maybe this is an idea I have. I think in the academic world, sometimes they're called chalk talks. It's You just go, maybe I only have the beginning of an idea. Does anybody else have any thoughts on this that they want to talk to me about later? Here's here's half of an idea that I've had. So it allows really anybody to get up there and like immerse themselves in this experience and, you know, have the opportunity to even just push themselves to go talk about something they love and and care about. It's almost like floating an idea to people that are going to give some good feedback and help you point you in the right direction. Gosh, one of the best that we had last year was by Chris um, Yolo Pinato on Twitter. He didn't even, (laughs) yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, um, (laughs) if you guys don't follow him, look him up. He's (laughs) A character. Uh, he didn't even have a talk planned until midday that day. He's like looking up things on his phone and his entire uh, thesis of a five minute talk was don't trade for this year's first round pick, trade for next year's first round pick because mm. the team is probably going to be worse next year than they are this year. You mm. want to bet on other people's overconfidence. And he just very succinctly based on data he pulled up on Hockey Reference, like had this amazing salient point in a five minute little talk and then just like drop the mic and walk off stage. <laughs> like, okay, it's great. It's, it just gives people an opportunity like, this is my idea. What do you guys think? Is this a nerdy conference, would you say? I'd say it's definitely nerdy, but in a, <laughs> in a way where, you know, three guys sitting in a basement could still enjoy it because 
What's nerdier than that? <laughs> wow. Whoa, man. Shots she, fired. Yeah, she, wow. she took no time at all. I think it definitely leans nerdy. It leans into the numbers. But at the same time, the people that are talking, you know, we've, we've got most of our schedule, you know, sketched out for this. I know who's talking. And these people have an ability to convey their topic i we've got a guy talking for 60 minutes where last year i honestly couldn't tell you what he said i enjoyed every single minute of that that conversation it was amazing and, and again you get to talk to people there are socials each night you can go out we're trying to put together a couple fun events to do in the middle of the conference and you know to follow up day to day so it's just it's it's definitely leaning towards the analytic nerdy community but i don't think that Anybody who's just simply interested yeah. wouldn't get a ton out of it by showing up. Yeah, if you're just generally interested to learn more, it's a great opportunity to do yeah, that. And right? it, it's not something you need to like understand p values and and aging curves and stuff like yeah. that. Like <laughs> it's yeah. It's also you, we haven't mentioned this, but ticket prices are only sixty five. I think with yeah. all the all the yeah. fees and stuff, and for a three day event, it's about as cheap as you can get for it. I mean, Comic Con's more expensive so, for a single day like pass. The MIT Sports Analytics Conference is like seven hundred bucks. So. I know, isn't it wild now? Yeah. Do, do yeah. people dress up in costumes like Comic Con? Unfortunately, no. I think we should it. maybe start pushing for that. I'd be into that. Man, it looks cosplay. I like it. Yeah. I don't know what that would look like. like I don't know, but like I'm, a bunch I'm of interested. Data nerds. Yeah, like. Serious, serious question though. What should people wear to this conference? Is this a jersey type of event, or is this a, a full suit type of event? What are you thinking? I would say that it is not full suit. Definitely that's a for tux. sure. Definitely, Definitely okay. a tux. Everybody who's listening to this podcast should come with a cummerbund. Yeah. Okay. It's, you will not be admitted without. So like that'll be a jeans, good way to know how t-shirt, and a cummerbund, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's 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 literally whatever you want to wear. Definitely. Okay. Like, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, just as long the, as you're wearing something. Yeah, yeah. Most of the presenters wear something just a little bit nicer. But again, we saw anybody from jerseys, t-shirt, ball caps to you know a dress and you know button up. It's really yeah. whatever you're comfortable in. Again, I think I think of it like academia. It's it's a lot of that vibe where, you know, there might be somebody in pajama pants and there might be someone in a bow tie. You just we run the spectrum. <laughs> where do you, our listeners register for this great event and where is the event held? Well, there it's it's going to be held on the University of Washington. It's on Eventbrite. The tickets are sold on Eventbrite. But we have a kind of a landing page on NHL2Seattle.com. Um, there's a Seahack uh, 2018 tab. Just click on that. We're going to continue. 2019. 2019, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. You can Hopefully. register for time machine. Yeah, yeah, you can register for last year's yeah. conference. But we're going to be updating information there. And, um, you know, as yep. agendas and speakers get confirmed, we're going to kind of keep updating that. I think it might sell out. But right now, there's plenty, plenty, of, of, tickets. plenty of tickets. But as we get closer, you might want to consider that if, yep. if it's something you're really into. And if you're I know it committed, sold out last year. Yeah. So we haven't really advertised too much locally because local people, we've given uh, people that are traveling an opportunity. We've got a lot of people yep. traveling to it. And so now we're going to kind of open it a little bit more broader. To How that. far away? I mean, is this like a regional thing or are these people coming from all over the these country? These people are coming <laughs> from all over. We've got people coming from Ottawa, Boston, nice. Buffalo, all Rochester. over. Rochester. Yeah. Minnesota? Rochester, Minnesota? Um, I don't no. think Evolving Wild think so. is coming. Yeah. Hey, by the way, <laughs> uh, P-value, is that like when you drink too much water? Uh, you're going to have to look it up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Spot on. So we'll put yeah. a pin in it. You mentioned, you mentioned other leagues because that's always fascinating to me as somebody who spends a lot of time covering 
yeah. uh, junior hockey league, and we've we've tried over the years to to try to find some analytics, and none of it. I don't know yep. how good any of it is because for many reasons, a lot of that stuff isn't tracked. Like we're yep. just the last year got face off statistics know, <laughs> officially being counted. That yeah. was exciting, and shots on goal by each individual player. That, yep. That's exciting. Although that that's still sketchy too, because I remember <laughs> a game last year Seattle was in Everett and Dylan Hamlock had two goals, but he only was rec- was credited with one shot on goal. I know. So it there's still some. Yeah. It, it's a, there's going from rink to rink. You see. Just different definitions of what a shot is. So, mm-hmm. is there is there some effort, or is there do you know of people who are trying to find a way to do analytics from junior hockey? Actually, yeah. So there are a couple of manual tracking <clears throat> projects that are going on. Um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to post some links to those. They're super interesting, and again, it's sample size issue because it has to be manually tracked. And now it's mm-hmm. probably better tracked than it is in the rinks, mm-hmm. but it's a lot better data. It's a lot more interesting data. It's more NHL level data. So there are a couple of I can't remember the name of who's mm-hmm. doing that big. CHL project, but that's fantastic. And actually, I am not the best person to answer this, but we are very, very much hoping to have a prospect panel at the conference, which we should have at least three people who work with prospects and put out lists and use this data and watch games. And that's exactly the type of question I'm hoping to be able to ask them. How how reliable is the manual track data? Mm-hmm. How do you balance that information from poorly tracked arenas? You know, well, how do you use data? Yeah. We're yeah. Luckily and it's just kind of parlaying that a little bit is is I know, you know, some people that build models like build in biases, like know where the biases lie. And then make adjustments into their model accordingly. Mm-hmm. So, like if like say the, Portland over tracks too many shots, I would like, say that. Yeah. Well, Sorry. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> no, but, it's actually it's super yeah, interesting. Yeah. You you can it's same at the NHL level. If you see shot metrics counting away shots for a team, the reason they're counting away shots is because since half of the team's games are in single arena it leans heavily into rink bias. Mm. So when you see why, why are they just counting way shots? It's because then you're looking at an average of mm-hmm. 30 other recorders. So you can simply take out a large portion of that bias by just looking at away stats. So that's something that you might be able to apply at the WHL level too. If you can pull that data and then just pull out all the um, home team, you reduce your sample size, but you also reduce the bias because then you're take, basically saying, here are all a bunch of recorders mm-hmm. who looked at this. And there, there have been some people who, and not to get too into the weeds here, yeah. but this is, this is now interesting. Now's the time. <laughs> um, yeah. um, I remember a couple years ago, there was a couple organizations that had, that tried to do some some metrics mm-hmm. for the WHL and, and the CHL in, in large, and they had this estimated Corsi number. Yeah. Which apparently they would, after two periods or something, look at the shots and they had some formula that would say, this is what the, or that Corsi, Fenwick, sorry, estimated Fenwick. Okay. And say, this is what this, what it is. By looking at the shots. Yes, which I always and, I, and I, every now and then like I would sprinkle them. The point? Yes, <laughs> every now every now and then I would sprinkle it into my writing, but I always was a little queasy about it. Like yeah. I don't know if this really is yeah. what it is. Yeah, like what's the point? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the whole point of Fenwick and Corsi is that shots are not usually fully indicative. Yes. <laughs> shots yeah. on goal are not usually yes. indicative of necessarily the flow of play. Yeah, all and the so I, apparently there's some formula they would add. Like if you have ten shots, that that, but, that, that like fourteen yeah. cor- cor- you know, Fenwick shots or something it, like that. It, it, it I wish everyone could see my. Yeah. Right yeah. Now. I'm yeah. super concerned. Yeah. yeah. So I, mean, I, I gave them an A for effort, and they yep. tracked a lot of stuff. Love it. And they were publishing what? that. Oh yeah. That's really See, that's cool. so. There's a lot. Some were charging. Well, there's a lot of people that are probably charging for it mm-hmm. already. Like basically, no, yeah. but they had other good stuff. I mean, they, they had a lot of other good stuff that wasn't necessarily advanced analytics, but somebody was. They were just calculating everything that might yeah come in handy. So for you could at least so. reference it. Yeah. Well, I feel a lot smarter from this conversation. So just imagine how you're going to feel after you attend the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing about that, Emily, Joe, and John, and all the hard work that you guys are doing to put that together. It's going to be a really cool event. So make sure you sign up out there and uh, go attend that uh, that great event. It's going to be a good time. So, And Emily, Joe is going to take off now, but we do really appreciate you coming on the show, EJ, and uh, we look forward to having you back on again in the future. And uh, you can, of course, find her on Twitter, as she mentioned, and she does contribute to NHLToSeattle.com too. So check out her stories there. She's had some interesting stuff. So. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Looking forward to being on in the future. There you go. Thanks for joining us. All right, so we wanted to start our kind of current NHL hockey talk with a quick follow-up on a couple of <laughs> items from last week's show. First of all, John unleashed his followers on me. <laughs> the friend of John. Yeah, because, <laughs> the friends of John because of my Macklemore take last last week as the goal song. Thank you to all those who cyberbullied me over the last few days. Really appreciated it. Second, there were some pretty compelling points about against using Macklemore, so I get it. I get it. I just, I want to know what some of your kind of your rebuttals were. There were a few good suggestions sent in. John, did you have a rebuttal at this point? So uh, specifically about a song? Yes. Like I literally have hundreds that I would put before that. I'd, okay. Yeah. Hundreds. Let's, let's them all now. Please. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Pretty much anything from the Black Angels, I think would be Whoa. good. Well, actually, that that's more of a, a closing it down. Uh, I even put one from The Coup. In in Twitter, that would be a fun goal song. Very mainstream. The coup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah! All right! Hell yeah! That's right! Oh yeah! And That's I don't. The soul I, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't even think it has to be local. Like I, I'm yeah. not. I'm not convinced it has to be local, but it has to feel like Seattle. And that doesn't mean it has, the band has to be from Seattle. So I'm not convinced it needs to be Pearl Jam Soundgarden, although uh, I know Andy's pushing for Mud Honey, but I'm pretty sure they, they don't have anything that could probably... They don't have an appropriate goal song. Yeah, or any song. I, and as much as those bands were all great, and a lot of people said it had to be Nirvana or it had to be yeah. Smells Like Teen Spirit, and I like Nirvana as much as the next person, but that also feels to me like it's too obvious. That's a little yeah. cliche too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always remember watching like the Monday night or Sunday night, the Seahawks are on Sunday night and they're always like yep. Play that transitions. Alice yeah. Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, you know, Nirvana. And you're like, come on, man. Like there's been a <laughs> lot of more music since then. So I mean, there's yeah. been Macklemore, right? Like <laughs> it's true. And again, we're not bashing those other bands. They're all great we're bands. not. Yeah, we're not. We're, I yeah. waited into the comment section on your Facebook page on NHL, the Seattle Facebook post of, of our podcast, which I really like to do because then people see my Facebook account. <laughs> yeah. My recommendation is Devo's Uncontrollable Urge. Yeah. Which I believe I also mentioned on, on Twitter because there's a great buildup of that song where the, they, they sing yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 picture, yeah, 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 yeah. picture a whole crowd of people doing that so there was an uh, i don't know who said it but on facebook they said singing in the rain 
I thought that was a good one. Oh. I'm like, that's like original. I'm like, okay, I appreciate that. I and can see that. I can see that. Like maybe like after the game, you know, as people yeah. are wandering out. Like, yeah, ah, like in so, like Vegas plays Viva Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At the yeah. very end yeah. of a win or whatever, that could be good. I don't know. We need a maybe we need a local band to do a it, cover. Of that. You know what? It was it was a lot of fun to like engage with people mm-hmm. on that because people had their opinions and we're passionate. Yeah, and it's the most interaction we've seen about it, like just posting like a tweet about the podcast. Yeah. So it it felt a lot like the name conversation. Actually, though, like everyone, so everyone's like though. so passionate, like no, 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 it cannot be Macklemore. Like, yeah. ironically, I texted you guys this earlier as I, as the Thunderbirds beat Victoria last night. I was walking from the radio booth down to the locker room, and blaring out in the arena was your very same Macklemore song. People Wouldn't were digging it. The crowd was excited. Uh, oh, well, the T Birds are doing it. Wasn't a goal song, but and, it was. And to be clear, I said, let's see what the fans have to say uh-huh. on the podcast last week. Yep. I did say that. And the fans I, dumped on me. Yeah, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody <laughs> agreed with Macklemore. <laughs> I think there was like one that kind of was like, oh. Yeah. And that was just my burner account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Another thing I wanted to follow up on from last week was Andy's kind of off the wall claim that Rick Nash is one of the best players ever. We all kind of did a little research and we came back with... Uh, actual players that were <laughs> the best players. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. sometimes you should. It's, it's, this is a good lesson. This is a teachable moment here that you should yeah. think before you say stuff. Yeah, <laughs> before you take up make a hot take. And while we were talking about Rick Nash, I was like, "Wow, well, he's a really good player. He never won the Stanley Cup. Was he the best one? No. <laughs> so I think I will downgrade him into a good player who never won the Stanley Cup, but not the best. So I, I actually did some work on the, look, look, looking at this. Not I didn't go too crazy. I didn't look at any goalies. I, I know, so I don't know who the best. Oh yeah, well they don't even count for anything. <laughs> Established that. I mean, goalies don't really do much to win the Stanley Cup. But my my number one guy is Marcel Dion. We mentioned Luke Robitaille's Luke Robitaille's episode. Marcel Dion, another great LA King. They played together, I think, one or two years together. They like, overlapped. There you go. He is uh, Mar- Mar- Dion is six overall all time in points in the NHL. Never won a cup. Seventeen seventy one. Never won a Stanley. Never cup. won a cup. So he's how my about, number one. How about these names for you? I don't necessarily have a number one, but Cam Neely, Pavel Bure. Those are a couple of guys both, that never both won. Both Vancouver Canuck legends. Sure. <laughs> Pat LaFontaine. <laughs> Pat LaFontaine. Mike Gartner. I mean, that now Mike Gartner might be the most like underrated player of all time in terms of one. how many points he put up during his career. He scored 708 goals and 1,335 points in his career. And that's somebody that people don't even think yeah, of. Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah, He was such yeah. an under-the-radar guy that, that never won the Stanley Cup. So, um, yeah. So there's a few out there that probably ended up with better careers than Rick Nash. But we do appreciate your off-the-wall. Uh, <laughs> well, and I appreciate... Here. Us coming back and kind of taking responsibility mm-hmm. for that hot take. So. Yeah. Well, as I was driving home from the podcast, I thought, well, that was crazy. <laughs> no, because like my big complaint about a lot of podcasts is when they say stupid stuff, stuff. and and then like Just no one holds it. Yeah, because nobody's there to, to dispute it. But we kind of like challenged you a little bit last week and you came back and you're like, okay. Well, I said an apparently stupid thing about the goal song and then you unleashed your many followers on me. <laughs> yeah, so. at, least, at least I didn't get the friends of John. Yeah. You keep yeah. bringing it up. I don't know. Uh, like, you know, because I'm scarred. I'm scarred at this point. <laughs> He's afraid to go on Twitter now. <laughs> hey, I see a note here that somebody wants to discuss the Central Division not being stacked. Uh, I would like for whoever <laughs> whoever put that note on here. <laughs> wow. Okay, so whoever wrote that, you, yeah, please defend yourself. It was yourself. probably Emily Joe. It was oh, probably Emily Joe. Yeah. Defend yourself her. and explain to me why you're wrong about that statement. Well... I looked at the data. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 it was yeah. you. You were the one. That yeah, played. yeah. See, oh. this is the problem. Darren was going by his heart. Yeah, what his eyes told him. Well, at the beginning of the season, <laughs> at the beginning that. of the season, they were certainly hot, and they, they had were some. At that time. They were 
They appear to be stacked. They're the same division, <laughs> same teams, just so you know. They've had a little fall from grace, I think, and the lowest percentage of points obtained in games, right? So that's basically for every game they play, they have two potential points to get. So they get the fewest out of all the divisions. So I don't, I'm not saying the Pacific stacked, and I wouldn't say the Metropolitan stacked. The Pacific is topsy-turvy. But what does that mean? It means that anyone can win it. It's topsy-turvy. Anyone can win it. You don't. You don't Arizona, think anybody Arizona's can. Arizona's right there. They're, they're going to. All right, maybe not anybody can win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's three teams, any so, of which can yes. win. It. I wouldn't call them stacked though, because there's really only three teams that have a chance. So, but it's stacked. Oh, okay. So then, like a stacked means that there, anybody Listen, can win. Like, now that we're like deeper the Blackhawks, the, the worst team in the league. Now that we're deeper into the season, I recognize that a couple of teams have had some bad breaks and some things go wrong. The Chicago Blackhawks are one of them. Everyone thought that they would be a resurgent team this year and they would have a bounce back. Well, not maybe not everybody, but a lot of people thought that. <laughs> St. Louis Blues looked like they were going to be great and everything has gone wrong for them. So, I mean, And they're you bouncing know, back now. They're starting yes, to bounce back, yeah. yeah. But come next year, right, they're going to be back to being stacked. So I'm not I'm saying they suck. I'm not saying the Central sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm saying they're not stacked. Okay. If you want to tell any division that's stacked, Atlantic. it's the Atlantic. Okay. Okay. Right? I get it. So I yeah. would just All like right. to point out. Do tell me about the Atlantic because it, it is pretty crazy what's going on in that division. Let's see. We got the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. We got the Tampa Bay Lightning, which are like in a different stratosphere right yep, now. They're Decent, lights out. Yeah. Decent team. <laughs> Toronto and Montreal's playing pretty well. Yeah. Down a ways is Florida, who... Is a cha- can put some wins together. Is not a bad team. Not it's not a rollover. Team. Yeah, it's not a great team. <laughs> um, Buffalo, Buffalo, who was allegedly on top of the world for a while there, but they're still they it, they're still in the streak. hunt. And I like I like Buffalo actually. And then there's Detroit. Yeah, you have a couple of bad ones in there though, John. That kind of like here's here's the difference between the Central and the Atlantic. In my opinion, is that at the beginning of the season, any team in the Central looked like they could have been competing for a top three spot. I don't think anyone ever thought that Florida, Ottawa, or Detroit was going to compete for a top three stock. Ottawa spot. was hot early on, and Florida was kind of a a, a sleeper in a lot of people's but preseason. But a, sleeper, per- a sleeper, I think, to be a playoff team, not necessarily uh, a top three. I don't know anybody who picked the Chicago Blackhawks to be top three. No, but I thought that they, no. again, they could have, if things had broken right, I you thought still that have they could have maybe gotten have, into the... Yeah. You still got some guys there. Yeah. Anyway. yeah, but they're the worst team in the league right now. No, actually they're not, are they? I think LA's worse than they are. Anyway, I hear you <laughs> that the Atlantic division is probably a better division. All, all right I want to say is let's not refer to the Central as stacked. That's it. You're, you're, that's <sighs> it. The point that I want to make is that the Canucks beat Detroit today, which put them a point over the Wild for the last wild card spot Whoa. in the Western Conference. That's Whoa. all I'd like to say. Fight, okay. fight, fight. Well, that's fight, Pacific fight. versus Central right there. But by the time <laughs> that this podcast is posted, the Wild will have won against the the Pacific's Vegas, Vegas Golden Knights. Which will put them in the third spot in the Central Division. If you feel because that's a, that's a, care to, care you feel to make that's it a... interesting? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't because I'm not very confident that that's actually going to happen. <laughs> hey, speaking of the wild, the <laughs> Minnesota made a trade this right. past week. Uh, it's actually their second trade in two days. So they had previously traded, as we mentioned on last week's podcast, Justin Kloos in exchange for Pontus Aberg, 
Uh, I really liked that trade. Their bigger trade came the following day when they traded Nito Niederreiter to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Victor Rask. Uh, the state of hockey, as it's known, is not thrilled about this <laughs> trade. They were actually, most people were pretty furious that they traded Niederreiter, who is kind of a fan favorite. Uh, he came to Minnesota by way of a Cal Clutterbuck trade with the New York Islanders back mm-hmm. in the day. And that, that at the time, felt like one of the greatest fleece jobs in wild history. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, there were contract issues in, in New York with Niederreiter, right? Or some, there was some uh, bad he, blood there. Yeah, it was out. a bad blood situation where he wanted out because he kept getting sent down to Bridgeport mm-hmm. Sound. Um and so he had kind of demanded a trade sort of a thing in the, the wild gift. So what's funny is that at the time, uh, the reaction was pretty similar because Clutterbuck was a, a huge fan favorite. And they didn't want him to, they, nobody wanted him to get traded, right? So then they brought in a, a young a young stud in Niederreiter. And Niederreiter ended up being a really good player for a while. What happened, though, with Niederreiter, he wasn't very well liked by Bruce Boudreau. Uh, and so recently he had gotten demoted to the fourth line. So they traded for a guy that's got similar stats over the last couple of years. Uh, Rask, the difference there is that he he has a smaller cap hit. So I think that's really what it is. I think they brought somebody in that they think with a new, you know, a kind of a new ce- um, change of scenery, you give the Minnesota a, a little bit smaller cap hit for similar stats. So I kind of get why they did it. Uh, the people in Minnesota are not very happy right now with, with the trade, but I, I think it's, it's a good thing for Minnesota as a wild fan to start shaking up that core that just hasn't got anywhere. So new GM Paul Fenton is starting to do that. So And of course, Nito Niederreiter. Portland Winterhawk. Mm. Oh, yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course. Full circle. Full of course. Circle. We're just one episode away now from being the Nino Niederreiter episode. Ooh. Or because he changed numbers uh, now. Oh. Yeah. Because he was number 22. So in, in <clears throat> which case we would be two episodes away. Now that he's with Carolina, we're just one episode away because <laughs> he changed his number. Thanks, thanks for that information. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Fun fact for you. Yeah. Niederreiter goes to uh, Carolina and they didn't start winning right away. And their head coach, Rod Brindamore, got pretty angry and... He was so angry that he had a statement that he felt like he felt like suiting up and going in into the game himself. <laughs> hey, and, Rod the Bod, he can, he's he not can that still far do away it. From, yeah, he's he not can that still far do away it. from playing. And, yeah, it's what, better what, than calling them horse. That's yeah. true. Uh, there's the bleep horn. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, uh, yeah, I saw that he apologized right, yep. publicly to Nino Niederreiter after the game because of the effort. It's like it's kind of at least at face value, it seems like effort was factored into him getting moved out of Minnesota. So that's kind of ironic. The coach is, what, <laughs> is apologizing, apologizing to Nino Niederreiter for his team's effort. Yeah, for his team's what effort. I find funny about that is, you know, especially coaches like like him who are, were the heart and soul kind of players and they're competitors, and now they're a coach. And, and even though you're as a coach you're in control of a lot, or you may not feel as you you're in control as you much You can't as really player. influence the – You can't go out – yeah. And yeah. so I, I, I get where that frustration is like, oh, I just want to go out there, you know, and just hit somebody or yeah. just do something. And, <laughs> yeah. I kind of I find that funny that those coaches that has to be tough for some of those coaches yeah. who were players and especially players recently. Well, this is how Dave Tippett ends up in a hallway with a hockey stick in his hands <laughs> yeah. after a referee. Somebody put a hockey yeah. stick in yeah, in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we mentioned the Islanders very briefly there because of the trade that happened a few years ago. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit more about the Islanders because we've mentioned a few times in this podcast that they're somehow they like unofficially became the team that we seem to root for. I don't know what led to that, but it happened, <laughs> right? The Islanders are the team to watch right now. Believe it or not, they are first place in the Metropolitan Division as of the recording of this podcast. Everybody had that predicted, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like 20th or whatever course, it is, yeah. that, that like, they'd be in first place. Lose their top and scorer and, yeah, sure. They would have more points than Toronto, where their top scorer went. Makes sense to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing to me. And 
Yeah, we talk about them a lot, obviously, and, and Barry Trotz, I think, gets all the credit because last year they were historically bad defensively as far as giving up goals, and, and right now they're and they and all they didn't really make a whole lot of moves. They you know they added Laner and Goal, who's been really good, but they're now at a plus a plus twenty six goal differential, which is astonishing to me because I think when we like a three months ago or two months ago we talked about teams that were in playoff position that may not make it, and we picked the others as may not make it because I think at that point they were like minus six. Yeah, so they've really turned things around as far as you know scoring more goals and they're giving up which i've heard is a good way to win yeah i think that that increases your chances that the advanced statistics that's probably that's probably not (laughs) below the level that's going to happen at the conference yeah (laughs) well in the after the game on sunday against the ducks like there was a a chant that broke out in the crowd at nasa coliseum saying barry trots barry (laughs) trots like the last 20 seconds it was awesome and and that was their second shutout in a row and you know the big thing last year with the islanders was the lack of defense yep and man and just disciplined yeah in their own zone yeah and and it's more than just the defenseman it's the forwards coming back and barzell talked about how he's increased his his defensive zone you know responsibilities over last year and I think last year that team was fun to watch because they were freewheeling and it was an up and down game and you probably were going to see a five to four game. Somebody was going to get five, somebody was going to get four, but it's, yeah. it's a lot more structured now and, and it's getting them wins. Yeah, and you you guys mentioned Leonard coming in too. It was interesting earlier in the year, uh, Thomas Grice had kind of run away with that that mm-hmm. starting position, which I thought was odd because they clearly brought in Leonard to be the starter. And Leonard has had a huge resurgence, and he's playing outstanding hockey right now. So um, I was just actually looking while you guys were talking about that. I was looking up his stats. He is up to fifteen seven and three with a two o two goals against average. Decent. Yeah, and a nine thirty <laughs> save percentage. So in, the nine thirty to me is amazing. That's outstanding. And in a, in a year when what did we say the average was last 908. week? Like nine o eight. There you go. So I mean, he's he's playing really really well for that team right now in goal so they, they've also been on this like so they went they go into toronto to face uh, Tavares. they shut him out and then just last last week they're in dc the first time trots has gone back to dc they shut out the capitals like they are not only winning but they're kind of rubbing it in the faces yeah. of their former their yeah. former teammates playing with a chip on their shoulder <laughs> yeah that's it's right kind of cool it's kind of cool to see be on the lookout for the islanders make sure to watch them they're a really fun team to watch um i know we've been kind of harping on it all season long but if you get a chance they're, they're a fun team to watch a couple, sure. a couple former local guys there you go so we also talked a couple of weeks ago about the All-Star game and kind of some of the challenges that it has, at least at the NHL level. I mentioned I would love to see a KHL versus NHL All-Star game. Uh, the KHL All-Star game happened these a couple of days ago, and there are some pretty hilarious clips and images that came from it. Among them was... Four players. I don't know why it was four, but it was four players dressed as like musketeers <laughs> skating around. They had like costumes on. And their sticks as swords, I guess. Uh, we also had a, a goalie taking a penalty shot against another goalie. Uh, he really rifled the shot, by the way, which is pretty impressive. And did you see the coach take a penalty shot against, against a goalie? No, so, I didn't see that one. Yeah, he was like he was in like street clothes, but then threw on some skates and, and <laughs> took a took a shot. We also had a, a goalie like ice dancing with apparently it was one of the women's national team players i think and you had the the guy that played the, the lumineers song, song. Yeah. it was a canadian player <laughs> playing over there I forget his yeah mayoni or something like yeah. that matthew mayoni okay and yeah so he's somehow sitting on like a ledge with an electric guitar singing into a microphone full for uniform. The, <laughs> in full equipment for the entire playing the guitar yeah <laughs> yep 
singing uh, the Ho Hey song by the Lumineers, which he did pretty well. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah. That All Star game over there, you always see, they they always do crazy things like that. You've seen goalies in costumes, and I saw a clip of a goalie in the pen on the shootout thing, like pulled the goal off and flipped it over and sat on it so they couldn't score. So it, it's it's <laughs> kind of like it's kind of like no matter, just do whatever you want over yeah. there. In the, in so the All-Star game. what it reminds me of, remember a few years ago in the All Star game when Alex Ovechkin had like like a cowboy hat on and like stupid sunglasses, yeah. Yeah. And had like an American flag and. Everyone ripped on him for like acting all goofy, and it was, it's kind of like, well, maybe he's onto something there. Like, clearly, he's he's bringing that from doing this in in one of his Russian leagues that he played in. Well, and, didn't Patrick Kane put on like a Superman cape once? We've seen some of this before. Well, yeah, but that was totally okay because he's American. That's true. And yeah. well, Ryan, Ryan Kessler, another <laughs> American, also had his kid take his his penalty shot for, mm-hmm. uh, for him at the skills competition. And then Johnny Gaudreau, like somebody acted like it was a he was a kid, like mm. they picked him up. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> My point is, I feel like yeah, there's silliness in the NHL, but I don't think think there's silliness to the level that we saw out of the KHL. So I wonder if, you know, if it is just a more fun approach that they take I, over there. And so. what, what I'd like to know is where where the ideas come from, like Mayoni playing that song. Like, clearly he could play. Mm-hmm. But did he pit? Did the players pitch it to the organizers or what? Sometimes I think that's what needs to happen is getting the players to kind of open up and kind of show some of their personality. We've kind of talked yeah. about that here, but they, they may have just gone to all the players yeah. and say, "What do you guys? What do you guys want to do? Do you want to do whatever goofy thing you want? Yeah. Let's talk about it. And let's do it." Yeah, that was, that looks so funny, and I was like looking for more clips of it. it yeah, well, so and cool. there's players in the background like swaying to the music. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. All, everyone's in full uniform. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, KHL. Bring your all stars over here and play against our NHL all stars. And wear your stupid costumes and play your music and do all that stuff. And then we'll totally <laughs> Don't watch. Don't listen to Don Cherry. Yeah. We'll totally watch then. We have two use Don't Seize That's every day. <laughs> you don't see those every day. <laughs> you don't see those every day. The first one, Andy, did you witness this in person or is this? Not in person, okay. but I, I watched it over the uh, the internet. <laughs> Uh, so Seattle Thunderbirds were in Kennewick on Friday night to play the Tri-City Americans, and Tri-City Americans were holding their annual uh, military appreciation night. They had you know, special uniforms they were wearing, and before the game, they had a ceremony. They brought out a big old Humvee uh-huh. that their mascot, Winger, which is an eagle, eagle okay. was in the standing of the turret of, and they have their ceremony, a puck drop. You know, They had some veterans come out, and everybody applauded, and they're ready to go. The players are all lined up on the blue line, and the Humvee won't start. Uh. They try turning it over. They try turning it over, <laughs> and... I'm watching on the feed, so you get you get Tom Borning, the Thunderbirds radio play-by-play guy. He's he's stretching, like, like trying to find something to talk about. <laughs> There's no game to talk about, and so eventually, all the Tri City players hop over the boards and and get behind it and just push the thing off the ice. They did a pretty good job. That's those are big vehicles. Yeah. They got they got it moving pretty good. That Impressive. Is, that is. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole time they're pushing it, Winger is still in the turret, like waving his arm. Like, yeah. Maybe help. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Lazy mascot. Exactly. <laughs> Our second, you don't see that every day, is in the very much in the same vein. Uh, there was a Zamboni incident in Edmonton. So yeah, the Zamboni stopped working in Edmonton, and so <laughs> now and, and you know this is the NHL, so the players didn't have to help push oh, yeah, push it out. Yeah, but can. it was uh, the on ice crew helped push it off the ice, and most NHL or I would think all NHL facilities have two Zambonis going mm-hmm. at the same time. So the other one just had to finish up the whole thing, but. <laughs> Pretty classic. I mean, we've seen that happen before, yeah. but not every day. Right. Don't see that every day. Yeah. I, I love good Zamboni breaking down stories. Like I, I was telling you guys before, we, I was in Everett once, and they had they have a fan there that was out, and they had a Billy Joel and Elton John impersonator performing in it, and it broke down. 
And it had about like six or seven guys had to come out and push that off the ice, but the singers kept singing, which I thought was great. At least he had enough content. I saw a meme of this uh, Edmonton thing where the ice crew was pushing it and it labeled like the first ice crew guy as Connor McDavid. And then the Zamboni driver was like all the rest of the Edmonton players. <laughs> and then they had like dry side. will come in and try to help, help push it, you know, and it obviously didn't go very fast. That was <laughs> pretty good metaphor for, for what the Edmonton yeah. Oilers are these days. But um, anyway, funny stuff, good topics for our, you don't see that every day. Uh, let's move on now to our weekly. Ooh, one timers. <laughs> uh, John nice. was overlooking his yeah. computer. I wasn't sure if he was going to be ready for that. <laughs> we, might have to, we might have to practice that some yeah. more tonight this week. <laughs> Our first weekly one-timer, Magnus Payarvi, gets a little too involved in his celebration up in Ottawa there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he just sells hard. That's, mm-hmm. how, that's how I looked at it. Yeah. They were on the road. Who were they playing? So it was Carolina in Carolina. Okay. And so Payarvi scores a goal, does like a fist pump with his knee up, and totally <laughs> loses his balance and like bites it hard. Like lands on his right shoulder, almost hits his face on the ice. <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a slipping on a banana. Yeah. Right? That's what it looked like. Yeah. Exactly like you'd see in the movies or mm-hmm. something. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me, it's – and I tweeted this out. It's, it's the Ottawa Senators in one GIF frame, <laughs> right? Like the perfect descriptor of – what the Ottawa Senators have become in this in this hey, season. All I can say is just selly hard, man. That's selly right. Hard. Selly hard. Selly hard. Our next weekly ooh, one-timer. Whoops. Sticking with the celebration theme, Evgeny Kuznetsov, he did the, the bird flap thing, and Don Cherry was not too happy about it. Yeah, Don Cherry uh, took him to task. <laughs> it, the setup is that he did it playing Columbus. He scored and he dirt, did the bird flap, which he always does. Mm-hmm. Columbus ended up winning in overtime, and they did all the started flap. to do the bird flap kind of half-assly. But, <laughs> but Don Cherry's like, oh, like, see, you're going to get it. Don't celebrate. Like, blah, blah, blah. You're good Canadian, blah. You know, and it's just like it, – it's kind of funny to see him banter back yes. and forth, right? To see Columbus, like, answer that. Yeah. And kind of make it like you did it right in front of our bench. We're pissed off. Great. Doesn't mean don't do it. Just mm-hmm. yeah. those are the consequences. If you're not going to win, you could potentially pay the consequences. God forbid it's entertaining. Yeah, yeah I know. And it's 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 just ridiculous. And, and I saw some good Canadian boys do this very same thing last night in Seattle playing Victoria, where a Victoria player scores a goal to go up, does the flappy thing. Seattle ties it a few minutes later, and Matthew Webman goes by their bench and flaps, does the flappy thing right by uh, their bench. See, I love it. Juniors, like, nobody got in a fight. They, nobody they got get, angry. They, they, they <laughs> go great. a little hard, you know, because they're kids, yeah. right? And kids don't don't pu- really pull any punches in yeah, that. Everybody right? loved it. Nobody was offended. It was it was a good time. It reminds me a lot of remember early in the season when Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane had the thing where one yep. of them did the like yes. the, oh I can't yeah. hear you with his glove and then the other one responded right exactly after, after Patrick Kane scored then he did it back and yeah yeah it's well, good stuff it's all I good know. stuff like, and, and you get me, people talking mm-hmm. like, like so, us. To me, like you know, we, we've we've heard people like Tortorella talk about, oh, there's just too many too many hugging and too much the hug fest or whatever, and people getting along. But this is kind of trash talk. This is yeah. kind of like a way of trash talk. So this this should you think people like Don Cherry should like this? That hey, yeah, you know, we're gonna, Create, we're gonna mock you. We're gonna mock your little celebration. Creates more hate. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And it it yeah. builds some tension. Yeah. You know, in that game I talked about last night, the, the junior game, the, the, that brought on some tension. Yeah. And it kind of gave the game an edge. Nobody yeah. went overboard. Nobody got hurt. Nobody, there no cheap shots. Yeah, you it, poked the bear. It finished the game with a little bit of edge. Yeah. You poke the bear, and they're going to throw a whole bunch of bears on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, John is going to hate it. We don't want to talk about All that, right. do we? All right. Yeah. Moving on to our next <laughs> weekly one-timer. 
There's an important return from injury in the stacked Atlantic division. <laughs> you like what I did there? Yeah, that's, that's good. That was clever. Vincent Trocek, who is obviously one of the top players for the Florida Panthers, who we mentioned as one of those real great teams in John's allegedly stacked division. Uh, he finally came back from an injury. Obviously, a, a big relief for, for Panthers fans. Many of them, as I'm sure there are, listening to this show. Trocek's a really good player. It was his first game since uh, November 18th. He had fractured his ankle. So, obviously a big get for the Panthers. Again. Well, and if you see the video of him breaking his, his leg, it was pretty gnarly. And a lot of people said he was out for the season. So, yeah. And that's a huge loss. That was a huge loss for Florida. And mm-hmm. so I think they won his first two since he's been back. But I'm just kind of psyched to see him back because he's a good player and he's and he contributed right away. So well, and Florida went on a big second half run last year. Yeah, I know. almost got into the playoffs, and yeah. they're not that far away now. So <clears throat> his return could could they could they see another big run like that in the second half? They're, they've got a, a long haul to kind of get back in the race, but I think uh, it's good to see him back. That's all I'm kind of pointing us. Our final. Oh, it was a, a feel-good wow. moment. Yeah, I, I, my heart, my heart just warmed up, which is a good thing because for our final oh. weekly one-timer, we mentioned Hockey Day Minnesota on last week's episode, and on this week's episode, we know that Hockey Day Minnesota came and went, and those games that were played outdoors, the like the high school and the college games. Apparently it was really cold, so good thing our hearts are warmed up. The first high school game that they played was between two schools called Minnetonka and Andover, which happened to be the top two high school teams in the state. And for the start of that game, the temperature was reading negative 30 degrees. So That's ridiculous. There you go. Go inside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're still very upset that we haven't gotten a winter classic <laughs> in Minnesota. Yeah. There are some great images, though, uh, like of people kind of standing ne- next to the ice sheet with, you know, the snow, like, caked on their, on their eyebrows and their mustaches How and whatever. How was that fun? <laughs> Old-time hockey. Just adds to the lore. (laughs) Old-time hockey adds to the lore. I will say this. Like, growing up, we'd always skate outside, and there were times when it was so cold that they'd say, no, we're not allowing it. So they'd just close the warming houses to try to keep people from going out skating. (laughs) Minus 30 wasn't wasn't that level? No, that was that level, yeah. But there were times when we would actually go out and skate like that. And, you know, as long as you have all your your exposed skin covered Mm -hmm. up, it's totally fun. The ice is great. It's, like, fast. (laughs) So noisy, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so it's a good time. So old-time hockey, there you go. Hockey Day Minnesota, it, it totally lived up to it, though. It looked like an awesome event. And what's really funny about it is, yes, it was negative 30, but if you watch the images, like there's, they have those bleachers built, which seat probably a 1,000 people, and they are just jam-packed. So, Well, they have to be standing next to there for the body heat yeah, from dying. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, that wraps up this week's weekly ooh, one-timers. We're gonna... <laughs> I wish, people, I wish people could have seen the stare down there. <laughs> it just happened right here. We're going to close out the show as we always do with games on the radar. John, what do you have? Uh, Wednesday, the 23rd, NBC Sports is airing Washington at Toronto at 4.30. <laughs> you wrote Washroom Inkton. Uh, that's, uh, that's a autocorrect Yeah. <laughs> Similar to, what was it, October 26th or whatever yes. you had that time? Yeah. So I had uh, same night, Nashville at Vegas. It's going to be uh, kind of a later game since it's obviously in the Pacific time time zone. Uh, that'll be on NBCSN, so definitely tune into that one. And, and for me, everyone, as everyone knows who listens to this podcast, I, I'm a huge fan of the NHL All-Star Game. We knew uh, it. Which, yep. uh, we knew it. 
you know, I look forward to it. It's like Christmas, really, for me, and that's coming up Saturday. Uh, it's whatever the divisions against each other playing three on three. So, looking forward to that. Well, and check out uh, the skills competition, which is Friday yeah. as well. That's that's usually a fun time if you're near a TV and drinking establishment mm-hmm. that might have a TV. If you're not watching that, you can watch Seattle at Portland on Joe TV. But turn oh, the volume uh, down and hear me on the radio. So. Ah, <laughs> that's good. Just a quick guess. Do you think any of the teams will be wearing white pants for the All-Star game? Yes. I'm not watching. That's it. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) And white skates, old Oakland Seal style. Oh, now that I'd be okay with. The Sergei Fedorov Nikes. (laughs) No, just all white, like the Seals used to be. Okay. Okay, that's before my time. But Sergei Fedorov, white skates. And actually, Wayne Gretzky wore white skates when he was with the Rangers. They were were, were meant to look like sneakers, right? Yeah, Yeah, they had like black stuff on the sides. Anyway. Okay, good talk. That wraps up episode (laughs) 20. Thank you again to Emily Joe for joining us. And uh, if you haven't uh, registered for that Seattle Hockey Analytics Conference, it's going to be a great event. You can find the information on NHLtoSeattle.com. Make sure as well to leave your five-star review. Thanks again to those who wrote us reviews. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We will see you next week for episode 21 when we will finally be able to have an ice cold beer. So have a good one. Thanks, everybody. So show me family. Cause I'm a-